Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Oh My Pod. I have been talking a lot about ways to look at alternative health, you know, what you can do for your mind and body, especially as we come into 2018. Um, Something that I've been hearing a lot about on podcasts and even watching documentaries on is meditation and how it's really saved some people's lives. Um, I was listening to a whole podcast the other day, actually, and this lady was talking all about a plant-based diet. And then the interviewer asked, well, what's one thing that has truly helped your mindset? And she just credited meditation. And so it was crazy that this whole hour podcast was about a plant-based diet, but then really the miracle that she was talking about was meditation. So I wanted to have someone that was specialized in a meditation practice to come in and really dive deep into what it is, um, how it can help you, maybe some stories from um, personal experiences. And again, just maybe show everyone how meditation can really clear your mind and and move you forward in, in different areas of life. So today I have Claire from Chill Chicago. Claire, can you say hello to everyone? Hello, everyone. Can you explain what Chill Chicago is? Chill Chicago is a modern meditation studio, and we're at 222 Kinsey in Chicago. And um, we just opened this year, and we are there to provide kind of a, a more accessible, approachable way for people to encounter meditation for the first time, and then hopefully as a continued practice. I remember I, was, I saw you guys first at work. Someone came in to do like a quick 10-minute meditation practice. And I was like, what is 10 minutes going to do? Like, I'll go check it out, see what's up. And I remember even in five minutes, I was like, wow, I actually do feel much more relaxed. Absolutely. And so that's what it's focused on is it's a space for people to really chill out. That's the whole name. Yeah, exactly. And we, we offer... Most of our classes are 30-minute classes, and they're guided meditation classes, so it's not like you just come in and sit down and have to be quiet and not know what you're doing. They're really led by the instructors, and we want them to be accessible. You know, we want them to be a a place where people don't have to feel scared or nervous or uncomfortable when they come in to try meditation for the first time. Absolutely. That was my big thing was... I was thought I was going to go in and be really intimidated and right. oh my gosh, everyone knows what they're doing is in a deep, you know, meditative state. <laughs> um, but that wasn't the case when you guys came to my work and I actually have a class tomorrow. So I'm actually really excited to, yeah. to attend that. But before we dive into more of like, you know, chill and, um, the space itself, how did you end up at chill or really being one of the guiders of, of these meditation practices? Well, the, um, woman whose idea it was to start chill is Laura Sage and she I've known her for years and she's an amazing woman and she really wanted to provide a space and and create a space in Chicago that could help people access meditation and there really wasn't anything like that I mean I shouldn't say that there there are places where you can meditate but a lot of them are things like you know, if you do TM meditation, but you have to transcendental meditation, but you have to sign mm-hmm. up for a huge course. Or oh. if you go to like some of the Buddhist temples and you can take meditation classes, but it's really intimidating for some people and it's connected to that religion. You right. Know? And there, there wasn't anything in Chicago that was non-dogmatic and where you could go take like a, a regular ongoing class. You know, you could just mm-hmm. sign up for a class on, you know, Wednesday morning at 7.30 and then not have to sign up for a series of classes. Right. So it has kind of the same setup as like a yoga studio would have. And um, so she just had this idea and we've been friends for a really long time and she came to me and asked if I'd be interested in doing it with her and helping her out. And I said yes. 
You so, were. And here I am. <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming so, you practice meditation long before this space opened up. Yes. I have been um, teaching yoga and meditation for the last 18 years. I will say that for me, I think initially I really connected to yoga more than meditation. I really, really, really struggled with meditation at the beginning and mm-hmm. found it, I think, a lot of the things that people rub up against where they have difficulty in meditation, I did too. Like I thought I wasn't supposed to think. I thought, I, I always thought I was doing it wrong, you yep. know, and I would end up feeling frustrated. And so initially I felt like the, my yoga practice was really like a moving meditation, you mm-hmm. know, but I now really feel like there's a, there's quite a big difference between actually a seated meditation kind of traditional practice and yoga. Um, So, but it took me a long time. I really did. I I mean, I I was introduced to meditation a long time ago, but it was not easy. Yeah. How did it finally click for you? I think I needed it. Yeah. You know, I think at a certain point I was practicing yoga for long enough that yoga didn't provide the mental getaway that it had for so long. And I became a mom and I really just needed space and needed, I mean, it's, cheesy to say this, but I needed the, the like actual chill out, you know, I really needed to be like, okay, take a pause. And like you said, I think even just five or 10 minutes can really make a difference in your day-to-day life. It's incredible. So I think when I realized that I really needed it and actually sat down to make the effort to have a daily practice, everything shifted. That is what I feel like people need something to happen in order for them to shift their mindset because people are busy. They're going, 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 and they're like, I'm just going to eat dinner and watch TV and go to bed. And it's like you never actually sit with your thoughts. But if you do, you'll probably uncover a lot of issues or things that you want to work through or even just daily affirmations of I am happy, I am worthy, I'm I'm grateful today, which we don't do a lot of unless it's like Thanksgiving or the holidays, which is... I was just talking to one of the students at chill last night about this and she's 29 and she's incredible woman but she was saying like she has just you know had many 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 years of being I mean really her life of being kind of not not paying attention and all of a sudden she's had kind of a tough year and so she was kind of forced to look at her life a little differently and pay attention to her emotions Mm -hmm. and has become so much more mindful now she comes to chill and takes classes and I think it's it has been life-changing. It's a little scary at first, you know, because I think sometimes if you take that pause to say, like, okay, what's actually going on, and if you're not used to it, it can be... It's it's not the easiest thing in the world. Right. But it really is a, a pretty quick process to, to get benefits. Absolutely. I think I want to take a step back because yeah. I've been listening to so many podcasts about meditation, like I said, but for, like, anyone who's, like, what does that mean? Is that, you know, the... Um, stereotypical version of just like sitting for 45 minutes by yourself like what do you define as meditation and what actually is it in its most basic form it's a good question I mean I think that meditation in its most basic form is an opportunity to befriend yourself you know it's like taking a pause out of your daily life to just stop and and look inside a little bit. I mean, and I think there's kind of, there's, there can be two things that are happening at the same time. On the one hand, you know, we, we, we have classes at chill that are called breath classes that are really, the, the idea is to just, you, you use your breath to become present 
in the in the moment, right? So it's you're focusing on the inhale, focusing on the exhale, and when you have a thought, the idea is that you're not trying to get rid of your thoughts. You can see them, but you're just practicing letting go and then kind of beginning again at the next inhale. And just it's a lot of like starting over and that by the way is like I think so basic but so important the idea of just letting go and beginning again Mm -hmm. it's something we do in meditation all the time but it's the kind of thing that like if you can learn to do that well on your cushion and then you go into your life and you get involved in something that's difficult and you can take a deep breath and let go and just start over it can be so helpful in terms of like you know, having better relationships and having better communication and, and difficulties in job situations. And, you know, so that's, that's like a very basic practice. Right. The second piece is that, you know, if you're sitting there and you do, and you can kind of like pull back away from your thoughts enough to not feel so attached to them and you can actually see what's happening in your mind, that's the befriending yourself process, you know, and, and not trying to get rid of anything. You know, it's not like if you notice that you're having some neurotic or anxious thoughts it's not like you say like oh I'm bad because I have that it's more like okay I'm aware of that and it's and it's okay you know right. and kind of like with a having this approach or um, an attitude to yourself of loving kindness and compassion can be so healing right and I think that's where that term sweeping things under the rug gets brought up because no right. one wants to sit down with their thoughts and and usually that term I feel like is for relationships or two people but if you think about it a lot of people sweep their own emotions under the rug daily you're totally right and never check in with themselves and I've been a victim of that too I'm like right. wait I'm actually like really upset today but like what is it and I'm just like whatever I'll keep going going through the motions going through the motions and then I'm but it's it so hits you harder. good that you like know to take a pause and check because I think the thing is we are so guided by our subconscious thoughts Mm -hmm. I mean on a daily basis we walk around and we have all of this stuff that is in the background and if you don't take that pause to sit and say what am I feeling right now or how you know we have reactions to things constantly in Mm -hmm. life you know you might have a situation with somebody and I'm sure you've had this happen, right? Where it gets replayed in your mind over and over and yeah. over again. And you think like, oh, I could have done that differently. Or I wish oh, yeah. I had, you know. All the time. <laughs> right. And it's like, but sometimes that stuff is just hanging out in the background. And meditation gives you the opportunity to kind of sit and like let go and begin again, you know. And right. I really think it's it's so healing. And maybe even gives you the opportunity to then go back to the person or do it different next time. Because maybe, maybe you can catch yourself in the next moment instead of being reactive you can learn to take the pause right because you're a little more mindful and aware you know that instead of being reactive in a situation you can pause and slow down and have a better response I'm so glad you said that because yesterday on another podcast I was listening to as you can tell I listen to so many podcasts I feel like they've actually changed my life because so many great people share knowledge that I I wouldn't have access to otherwise And a perfect quote to describe what you're talking about is um, what he said is you can't control how others act. You can only control how you react. And he was even talking about your thoughts are truly the only things you control because that's it. If you think about it, even your body, it's not like you tell your brain every day, like, please do your job and liver. I need you to do this. And Hey, I need my hands to do that. Like you don't do that. Your body naturally does that. So, and that also comes from your thoughts. And so that was really powerful for me. It it, is. I mean, it's, it's such a, I think that's such a powerful 
thought <laughs> because yeah. we we really I mean it's incredible if you even just you know close your eyes for a moment and think about a time in your life when you had a situation happen that incurred anger in your mind, you know, like made you angry. You can, you know that it had a direct physical ramification, mm-hmm. right? It is, there, there's no, I mean, there's a, a, so much scientific data on this. Like right. there's a direct correlation between what happens in your mind and what happens in your body. Yes. So here we are walking around, right? With all these people having subconscious thoughts they're not aware of. And if it's anxiety or anger or depression or whatever, you know, if it's any of that stuff and, and it, and it is affecting your physical body, it's, it's a problem, right? Right. Over time. Yeah. So hopefully the meditation practice, the reason why there are so many benefits to it is that you can help to shift that so, so the second answer to your question about what is meditation, you know, the, with the guided meditation, you can have meditation classes that are geared towards, you know, creating a gratitude practice or visualizations that provide like a deeper heart connection or loving kindness meditations where you are sending out good energy, you know, starting with yourself and then kind of building to mm-hmm. other people. And those have a lot of benefits as well, you know, in terms of the physical body. Yeah, absolutely. I think going back to what you said with like frustrations at first, I think people think meditation is I'm creating like a white canvas in my head that's and what that's I it. Like you literally can't think, but then I was like, how is that possible? I just, now I'm thinking about what I can't think about <laughs> and now so I'm just constantly thinking about what I can't think about. And someone's like, no, that's not it. It's not like no. making your thoughts going away and you're like having an out of body alien experience like that's what I truly thought it was at first which is what I never realized it's it really is just sitting there and it could just be repeating let it be I am happy you know what I mean there's not these crazy things that people make up no no and I mean I for sure for years was so frustrated because I felt like I was doing it wrong Mm -hmm. you know I would try to meditate and I would be like stop thinking Claire you know and then you can't that's not how your mind works now what you can do is like hone your skill of concentration so like you're saying you have a mantra or a Mm -hmm. sentence that you say to yourself and maybe it's an affirmation I am love or I am you know you can even like start if you were doing a home practice those of you at home you could start by I always like to start by setting an intention, you know, thinking Mm -hmm. about what you need from the meditation practice. Maybe you're having a really stressful day and super busy and you only have five minutes to meditate. And so your intention is to create calm or to relax or slow down even, right? Mm -hmm. Then your affirmation for your meditation could be like, I am relaxed, you know, and you just repeat that. And when you have a thought arise in your mind, you just, without any judgment, let it go and just come back to your statement I am like you right. breathe in I am and say relax as you exhale it's so simple I think sometimes it's difficult yeah like some things that are you know so mm-hmm. simple they're challenging but but yeah I agree with you I think it's that's like creates that skill of being present just with that one thought you know mm-hmm. which by the way that's another benefit right how many times have you been in a conversation with somebody where you're thinking about what the next thing is you're going to say? I mean, as a podcast (laughs) interviewer, that happens a lot, I'm sure. So you're not a great example, but like, you know, in life, I think we have that even if you're at a cocktail party or something and you're talking to somebody and they're telling you something and it's like half of your mind isn't actually present because you're thinking about something else or you're thinking about what your response is going to be. Well, so some of this is in the practice of just like being with what is actually happening in the moment, you know, and actually paying attention to the person 
while they're talking to you and you get so much more out of your relationships, but then also just out of like knowledge and information. Right. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that up because that's an issue I have is I'm always looking forward. Like, oh, I have this trip coming up. Hopefully time flies by and, oh, I have this coming up next summer. I can't wait for that. And I remember reading this quote too, and it was like, stop wishing time away for that new time. Like you're never going to experience what you have. And I've learned that with traveling alone and just being by myself. I'm like, just look around. Like you have this, why are you thinking of what are you going to do tonight? What's tomorrow? What's this weekend? What's five months ahead? Like tomorrow's not promised. So we need to learn how to live a little bit more in the present, which is why I've become a little more conscious of meditation and and my thoughts because everyone is go, 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 go. And it's kind of that time in life where you're like, let me just like do a quick self check-in because I want to make sure like I'm good with myself too. Oh, I, I mean that, that was for me, I think the biggest benefit has been around my relationship with my son. You know, he's three and a half and I feel like there are moments that, you know, I wish away. (laughs) You know, it's hard. It's not easy. But the meditation practice has changed my relationship and my experience as a parent in such a huge way because I feel like I have been better about when I'm with him, really being with him, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not perfect by any means. No one is. No one is, right. But I do feel like I have made a conscious effort to at least spend a portion of every day with like, you know, phones turned off and Mm -hmm. computers shut down and just being with him and, and really practicing being present, which I have to say, like, I don't, I think without my meditation practice, I would never have been able to do that. I wouldn't have been able to even know that that was helpful somehow. Right. It just sounds dumb, but it just... No, I think there is this huge misconception about meditation that you need to be doing it like two hours in the morning, two hours at night, every day, I mean, sit in silence for hours when, when I remember you guys came in and it was like 10 minutes and they said, start out with two minutes a day and yeah. then add on to three minutes a day and then four minutes till you can get to 10 minutes. And I was like, wow, you can do that in five to 10 minutes. And absolutely. And I think like the consistency of a daily practice is more important than doing an hour on a Monday, every mm-hmm. Monday, I'm going to sit for one hour. You know, that doesn't do anything. It'd, right. it'd be better to do, you know, five minutes every day at the same time in the same place and build that slowly. They say, you know, like if you do anything for 21 days, it becomes a habit. Yep. So that. yeah. So if you like say to yourself as a new year's resolution or something like that, you know, I'm going to start every morning when I get up, I'm just going to sit for five minutes, set a timer, mm-hmm. you know, pick an affirmation or whatever you want to say to yourself and just do it every single day for 21 days, then it really is like brushing your teeth. Then you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, I really need this in my morning to reset and, you know, it becomes a part of your daily routine. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people too think that you have to sit a certain way and have like a certain, um, I don't know what the word would be, like space with like candles and incense and this and that. But I've also heard people that are like, I just sit up in my bed and do it. Like what is well, the physical yeah, way I mean, that you recommend? I, I mean, ideally, you know, I do have a meditation cushion and I try to like, when I wake up in the morning, right. meditate and get out of bed and sit on the cushion, which by the way is just like on the floor next to my bed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have candles. I don't have anything special. Yeah. I just like get out of bed and sit there. And I meditate, like, before I brush my teeth, before I drink a cup of water, you know, nothing. I'm just, like, first thing out of bed. But I will admit, like, it's cold, it's winter, and I... Now it's like I don't really want to get out of my bed and sit on the floor to meditate, so I do. I Like, sometimes I'll just, like, sit up in bed and 
set a timer and do it there. You know, I will sit on a pillow. Right. I do think it's important. It's for just like comfort sake to have your hips higher than your knees. Yeah. So if you're, and I really, I mean, I think for me, I feel like the biggest thing that I've seen with students and with people over time that becomes a hindrance outside of like the thing we're talking about with just thinking you're doing it wrong. But the thing that can be kind of a hindrance in terms of meditation is discomfort in your physical body. Mm-hmm. So your seat and like how you are in your meditation practice, I, I do think matters. You know, I, I think if you're doing a five minute meditation in the morning, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But if you start to build up and you want to sit for more than 10 minutes, investing in a cushion is a good idea. And uh-huh. um, you can find them online really easily. I mean, Amazon has right. meditation cushions. <laughs> comes to your door delivered. For, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy. But um, and those can be make things quite different. Right. Yeah. Because I've always wondered that too. I was like, do I really have to like? To your point, I'm like, I don't really want to get out of bed and like go sit by my door. It's cold and this and that. But it really is just about being comfortable so that. When you're thinking, you're not like, oh, my back really hurts, or like, I wish my feet were crossed. Or... Well, that's the problem, right? And, and those thoughts can really get in the way yeah. if you're trying to meditate for a longer period of time. We at Chill, we have three different types of cushions that we oh, use. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so we have like a smaller circle one that you can sit kind of with the, your legs almost in like a backwards W shape. You know, oh, that, got it. Yep. that I think is really comfortable, especially for people with tighter hips. And we have one for sitting cross-legged, and then one that's more like a a big brick, but it's not too hard. So it li- it's higher. So mm-hmm. for people that need, again, a little bit higher lift. Yeah. And we have a bench in the back of the room so people can sit up on a bench because mm. sometimes people can't sit cross-legged, right? You know, they can't sit on the floor on a cushion, right? People might come into the class and feel like they need to be in a chair or something like that. So we have a, a bench for that. And you can sit in a chair and meditate. Yeah. You just don't want to be leaning, on, you know, you don't want to like lean back onto the back of the chair. You want to be more like up on your sit bones with your spine straight. And what, why, what is the reasoning for that? Is that, again, just to... To be more alert. Okay. You know, I think the thing is we, we don't, you don't want to be, feel lazy or kind of sluggish in your mind. When you don't want to start taking a nap. In right. <laughs> you don't. You don't. So you don't, you don't want to kind of... I mean, you want to be relaxed, right? It, it is this combination of being alert and relaxed that mm-hmm. you're trying to find. But um, if you're, I think if you're too, um, like relaxed, like leaning back onto a chair and, you know, put a pillow behind your head or whatever, you might just, then your meditation practice becomes kind of like that. You know, yeah. your mental space is like that. I mean, really, mm-hmm. again, it's like the body-mind connection. So right. being really straight through your spine and feeling like, you know, the crown of your head is lifting to the ceiling, shoulders right. are relaxed, but your vertical is really hugely helpful and supportive. It's probably that same idea that um, it was on a TED Talk where if you stand in that pose with your hands on your hips and your chest... Oh. How like um like animals do in the animal kingdom and they're trying to claim a territory. That. Apparently, if you do that before you like have a big meeting or an interview, your confidence level just completely raises. And they did a study of like people that did that and then didn't do it, and everyone was perceived as more confident that had done that before. Really, so that does make sense that you would want to be like sitting up, alert versus yeah. you know slouching and absolutely. And I mean, it, it, uh, but again, it's like I mean, it's so incredible to me. Just I mean, and now I see it so much. You know, I feel like. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. But how much what happens in your mind affects your body and vice versa, what happens in your body affects your mind. So mm-hmm. there's like a, a meditation practice where you literally practice like bringing a, a gentle smile into like the inner edges of your mouth and into like imagine bringing a smile into your heart center, you know, and you're doing it on the outside. But if you practice it and you can try to practice it at home and close your eyes 
you can immediately feel like your mind just opens a little bit. It mm-hmm. feels like mentally better. So that, that correlation, that connection between your body and mind, it's just, it, I mean, you'll, you'll see it now yeah. with people. It's, it's pretty wild. I mean, I see it all the time. And, right. Yeah. And we do have a, at chill, we have, um, classes that are half hour yoga class and then a 20 minute guided meditation and then a shavasana which is like lying down on your back at the end yeah and we do that because that half hour meditation class is to kind of open your body and get yourself able to be sit more comfortably right you know so you do poses that open up the hip flexors and the hamstrings and the inner thighs and then that makes that yeah right so that makes it a little bit better I always hear people say, I'm way too busy to meditate. Like, yeah. I don't have time in my day. My schedule is packed. I wake up, this and that. Um, what, what would you say to those people? I mean, I feel like that sometimes. I mm-hmm. do. You know, I, I feel like I'm like a single mom with a three and a half year old and I have a full-time job. You right. Know, it's like, I definitely feel that way. So I totally understand. But I think you just have to make it a priority. Like, you know, if you have a, make yourself a priority to make coffee every morning, you know, that's whatever it is. I mean, people can, you can, you can find a way. I Mm -hmm. mean, sometimes it might mean making the choice to say, I'm going to go to sleep a little earlier at night. Maybe you say, okay, I'm not going to watch that show on TV. Speaking of which, like, since I have been meditating, I, you know, regular daily practice, I feel like I don't watch TV. TV? No, I don't. Like, I just, I feel like I sometimes I'm like, I'm just not interested in it unless it's like yeah something where I'm learning something you know mm-hmm. it just I feel like I don't it and, almost takes you back to a lower vibration that you just worked does. to get higher out of you know which is so silly because of course sometimes it's great to just you know space out and watch a yeah. silly show like I don't think it's you know it's not bad to watch tv but I do think that there's you know sometimes you make choices where you say like I'm gonna go to sleep a little earlier so I can get up a little earlier but I, I, I mean, I think it's just I, a commitment to yourself. It's a commitment to yourself. The other thing I was going to say is, I mean, I think the reason why Laura wanted to provide this space, Chill Chicago, here and and do it is because I, I, there is something really different about meditating with people mm-hmm. and having the accountability of not being able to look at your timer and say, Oh, I've been sitting here for this amount of time and or turning your timer off and decide mm-hmm. that you don't want to meditate anymore or not doing it. You know, right. if you sign up for a class, you're going to go sit in a way that you wouldn't necessarily do at home. So right. the accountability of being with people, it really makes a difference. And that's something that I notice is you guys are actually located in the heart of downtown Chicago, which is yeah. very hustle bustle. Do you find that a lot of your clientele is people that are coming on their lunch breaks that are like, Hey, I don't have time for those in my morning or evening, but like I can stop by during lunch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have, you know, classes for like pre work time, lunchtime, and then post work. And we, and it's across the board. I think it's, we're getting a really good feedback from people and, and a lot of people in the, you know, businesses that are right around there definitely, I mean, have said so much how important it's been and how much they need it. Do you ever go to businesses to do like a meditation class? I've I've heard of like Google and Amazon bringing in, you know, yoga teachers just to like reboost people's mental health. We have done a lot of corporate classes. Absolutely. We've had a ton of corporations reach out to us and and bring us in for either like a one-off or a series of classes or, you know, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I think that's been so nice because sometimes people can't leave their office, you know, but if it's provided at their space, but yeah, we definitely do that. I remember too, a lot of times people thinking, 
I've heard of two types of meditation where people are, are you know, just talking about affirmations and um, kind of trying to start their day in a positive light. Yes. What if you're having a really shitty day or year or like you said, that lady that was having a shitty year? Like, yeah. For example, people have family problems or relationship problems or work problems and meditation might start hurting them. Like, I don't really want to think about that painful time. Like, I don't want to sit with my thoughts and think about that breakup or that presentation that I bombed at work. Like, what would you say meditation can help in those ways? Yes. And I, you know, I, I have, I I know what you're saying and I think it's actually, it's a good question. I think it it can be tricky sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think if you're going through a really hard time, it sometimes, it might not feel great to sit in that experience and and play it in your mind over and over. I'm actually just recalling, like I had a tricky breakup and I was really struggling and really having a hard time. And my meditation practice of like just sitting with my thought, you know, trying to focus on my breath, like actually really didn't feel good. And Mm -hmm. I started doing this loving kindness meditation, which is, um, there's different ones you can do, but, um, it's like a, a mantra that you kind of say to yourself. Um, mine was, may I be peaceful, happy, and light in body, mind, and spirit. May I be safe and free from injury. May I be free from anger, afflictions, fear, and anxiety. I love that. It's beautiful. But so I would say it like I would. You basically you do it to yourself, and you say it over and over. You know, a couple times, and try to really like bring that into yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you think of someone that you love, and you imagine them in your mind, and you send that those same words to that mm-hmm. person that you love. And then you think of a stranger, and you try to send with the same energy, the same yeah. to a stranger. And then you think of somebody that you're having difficulty with and you send that same like loving kindness message to someone you have difficulty with. And the final thing is to like send it out to the world. But I will say, I mean, I remember it was so hard initially for me to sit with like saying, you know, may you be peaceful, happy and light in body, mind and and spirit when I was, I don't want that. Right, right, right. And I was really angry and I had a reason to be, you know, Mm -hmm. but I will say it it shifted everything for me. I felt like I really got out of holding and carrying anger, mm-hmm. which at the end of the day we know that doesn't hurt the other person. It only hurts you. Right. You know, or me in that case. Mm-hmm. And so it was a great practice, but I feel like I did have to shift what my meditation practice was during right. that period so that I was really like saying those words over and over and over again. And by the way, like I still do a loving kindness meditation on most days. I, lo- I love right. it. It really was life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that's a huge issue. Like you said, people just, it's shifting your thoughts and people are like, well, these are my thoughts. Like, this is what I have. It's, I can't change them. And it's like, if you actually make an intentional effort, you can, but it has to come from within because yeah. that's how I was. I just went through a breakup too. And I was like, Oh, whatever. Like, hopefully this will, this pain will go away in six months. But I'm like, it could go away sooner if you would like sit with it, let it hurt, think about it, but then let it go versus like, hopefully one day I'll get over this. Absolutely. I think the other thing is, and I mean, it comes back to what we were talking about earlier is that I think a lot of people sweep it under the rug, right? Mm -hmm. So you go through a bad breakup and then you're walking around feeling really bad. So you do things like go out and have an extra drink that maybe Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have had, or, you know, you're doing things like mindlessly. Mm -hmm instead of mindfully. Exactly. And, and those things, actually, I think those kind of secondary 
things can sometimes be more detrimental, right? Your secondary choices mm-hmm. after your initial bad situation, yeah. right? Even if somebody is going through a struggle with their family member or something, right? Instead of like making it worse by screwing things up more somehow, you know, I feel like if you make better choices initially, it can help so much. That, that I, It's coming back this... I mean, we were talking a little bit before about the like reaction versus response, but mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite definitions um, was Dan Harris did a talk on Google about meditation, his mm-hmm. experience with meditation. It's actually awesome. You should watch it. Definitely will. The stuff you're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he said, I think, I, mean, I hope I don't screw up this quote from him, but he said that his like f- definition of meditation was moving from reaction to response. You know, because it gives you that ability to pause, mm-hmm. you know, and like check in and be mindful with what you're doing and saying instead of just, yeah. Just going through the motions. Just going through where the that term comes from. Yeah. It's like you're truly going through the motions and then you're like, what am I doing? Like, what am I truly doing with my intentions? Like, what, what am I? Like, how do you define yourself? And I think that's where affirmations come from. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about, for example, I just really started looking into meditation, but for people that might not even be aware of where to start, mm-hmm. what's like a most basic way to start out and practice? Honestly, I think it would just be... Well, if you're if you're very new and you've never done it before, if you are in Chicago, definitely come to Chill Chicago Mm because I do think like, again, it's so nice to have an instructor and have be guided. And the instructors that we have are very friendly and very, I don't mean to be weird, but they're very normal. I mean, it's it's like it's not that nobody is like, you know, like uh, dressed in all white and wearing crystals and telling you about, you know, a religion you have to sign up for. Right. There's nothing like that at all. It's just regular people who Mm -hmm. are meditation teachers. Mm -hmm. And who have had really good experiences with meditation that has been, I think, I, I think I can honestly say for every instructor at Chill Chicago that they have all had, um, life-changing experiences from their meditation practices. They're very grounded. Right. Yeah. Um, so being guided, I think can be helpful. There are, if you're not in Chicago or I know there's other meditation studios in other cities, but if, um, if you're not in a city with a meditation center that is approachable or accessible you could do there are apps so there's the mm-hmm. um, headspace app i think a lot of people really love that one and there's an app insight timer okay. which is a free app and you can get on there and they have guided meditations but they mm-hmm. also have like a timer that has you can put in like five minutes and it has a really pretty bell sound so it's it not it's just your it's not your phone yeah, sound. Like, uh, right. uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like it sounds like a you know a bell you would ring in a meditation practice and um and just like you said i would just start really small but daily even if it's two minutes you know mm-hmm. it and it is a way to like make things slow down a little bit you know we are all so sped up these days I feel like the world is just moving at such a quick pace Mm -hmm. and it feels scary I think you know I think there's a lot going on especially right now a lot going on all across the world but in the United States that's really intense for a lot of us yeah um so this is a way to kind of slow down and regain a little bit of your time and your life and feel a little bit more in control of things are there 
things when you're starting out that you should pay attention to in terms of like breathing or like can you put on music or what like what do you suggest is it you know we situational? I, it's so funny I went with one of the um, instructors at chill we talk about it all the time because he really he loves to have music on when he practices and I'm like I never teach with music on in mm-hmm. meditation class they're both good I think it's okay um, I tend to be a little bit more I actually do at home. I have a sound machine on Mm -hmm. just for like white noise, but that's in part so that I don't get distracted by like outside noises or something. But, um, I, I think just you, you could do either. I would probably suggest starting off with nothing. I mean, just to try, you know, Mm -hmm. without being distracted by anything else Um, and just, yeah, coming, focusing on your breath. Again, I do think even at the beginning, if you just say the word inhale when you breathe in and the word exhale when you breathe out or in, out, or sometimes I know I have a a good friend of mine who really had tried to meditate for many years and found that counting was really helpful, Mm -hmm. which is where you just like, you say one on the inhale, two on the exhale, and then three, four, five, six, as you go on up to 10 and then start back at one. Now, the glitches. If you <laughs> if you have a thought, then you start back at one. Got it. So I have had meditation practices where I'm like one, one, <laughs> you know, one. Yeah. Just like can't get to two because I'm just like my 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 brain is so active, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, and other meditation practices where I can hang in there with it and count more. But that again, it's like honing that skill of concentration and and just practicing being present in that moment with not you know. Right. And, and by the way, I think it's so it's so interesting when you actually sit. And do see your thoughts, you will notice that 95% of your thoughts are about something in the past or something in the future. There are very few thoughts that you actually have that are just about the present moment, unless you practice meditation all the time. Yep. You know, so, so much of what's happening in that subconscious mind is not about this moment. It's about what I'm going to have for lunch next or what you're, you know, have to do later in the night or what you, a conversation you had that you didn't feel good about or whatever it is. Right. No, I'm glad you brought that up, the seeing your thoughts. I feel like that's what I've been trying to tell people, but I use the terminology like I'm looking at myself through a snow globe. So I like to, like when I'm having a bad day or I'm, you know, thinking about the past for hours on end and I'm like, okay, take yourself out. Pretend you're looking at yourself in a snow globe. Yes. And it's actually helpful to visualize that. Or even if you were like out of the earth and you were looking down at you through like some crazy binoculars and you're like, what are you, are you seriously sitting there for six hours? Like stalking your ex or, or right, you know, <laughs> talking about how much you hate yourself or, you know, you know, beating yourself up over that project. You know what I mean? And yeah. that actually helped me because it, it took that. me out of my thoughts and I was like, wait, this is actually really helpful to look at myself in this more like snow globe. But I think what you said, seeing your thoughts and yeah. it, it usually is about the past or the future. Absolutely. And actually I like the snow globe idea because sometimes I think of it as like the way our thoughts work, that it's like if you have a, let's say a, a bell jar filled with water and dirt and you shake it up, right? Then there's like dirt particles all mm-hmm. throughout it. Like that's what our minds look like most often, right? It's just kind of this scatter yeah. of like crazy thoughts. But if you sit and you meditate and you practice, right, focusing on your breath, it's like letting all of that dirt settle and then it's clear, the water is clear. And that is really like the fundamental background of all of our minds are clear and open. And that's what you're eventually finding is like that clear, open space of your mind in a, in a different place, not being rattled by these 
past and future conversations that are literally happening internally. Right. And that's so important because what you tell yourself internally, I do, especially these last six months, I've realized you start to manifest. So you literally, if you're like, I hate myself, I'm bad at my job, I'm not in shape. Well, then you're probably not going to like pick it up at your job. You're probably not going to go to the gym and you're probably going to continually like self Loathing. Yes, and I'm so. I'm, oh, what the bleep? Did you ever see that movie? What the bleep? No, I was just going to say. Watch I it. Remember the name? Okay, you have to watch it. It's called What the Bleep. It came out. It's, I'm going to say it's 15 years ago. It's, a, it's an older movie, but it's all about that, and it's literally. It, it talks so much about the science of that and mm-hmm. how what we think literally you are just continuing to put those messages into your body like on a cellular level yeah and so like you said earlier like if you can actually and you can control your thoughts it really is the only thing you can control you can't control what anybody else you know nobody in nope. your life you can control what they're doing right the only thing you can do is how you respond in life and how you are in the world mm-hmm. and if you take some level of accountability for that. It's like, it it actually feels good too. Yeah. You know, then you're like, okay, I'm going to make some choices that are good for me. And I think the tricky part is, again, so many people are walking around and if you don't sit and take a pause and look inside, you might not even notice that you're having negative thoughts or self-beating thoughts or, you know, like saying, I feel fat or whatever it is, those kind of things that like, can eat at you and mm-hmm. actually have a physical ramification. Absolutely. Yeah. That's something I have no shame in admitting that I go to therapy every week yeah. and I love going. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it was something I brought I up in, in my office and then all of a sudden everyone was like, I go too. I love therapy. I was like, yeah, it's so funny. You just think people don't go and it's actually quite common that people go. Yes. But what I've learned in therapy is I always create the worst case scenario in my head. Mm. She'll be like, well, what would, what would happen then? And it's always me being the worst case, like the worst thing that could happen out of this situation or that situation and she goes she called me out and she's like do you notice you always take it to the worst case scenario and it's always you that's in the bad position like you're never the one coming out victorious or on top or coming out happy and that's when I realized like I need to change my thoughts and so I straight up asked her like is there a book you recommend or a podcast you can help me with or what do you like are there exercises I can do and she's like this is all stuff that needs to come from you and your mm-hmm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. And she goes, see, even right now you're trying to pull things from me to help you, but I can't change your thoughts. You have to change your thoughts. And that's what I've realized is as much as I can like read a book and listen to 20 podcasts a day, like if I'm not going to check in with my thoughts and change them, I, then I can't help myself. And by the way, here's the good news. It's like anything else. It is a practice. And if you practice it, it gets easier and better. Mm -hmm. And that's the cool part. It is like, it it totally, I mean, that's the best thing with Chill Chicago that I love is like, if, if, you know, we see people that come like every day or five times a week or whatever it is, it just gets easier for them. Like Mm -hmm. then it doesn't, it's not so scary and it's not so bad. And, and even like the stuff you're talking about, like recognizing that you take things to the worst extreme, Mm -hmm. you know, then the next time when you, you'll, you might notice it while you're actually doing it. And then you can take a pause and be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I am actually not going to do that this time. Yeah. I am going to shift and control the thoughts and instead think about what a positive outcome could be, 
you know, and then try to train your brain to do it that way. It truly is like an intentional, active effort. It's like going to the gym. I need to work out my muscles. I also need to work out my mind. It's not easy. Like you said, it is hard to catch yourself in that moment and be like, you need to change this thought right now. My mom calls it kicking the thoughts out of your head. Um, But she's right. Like if, as soon as you see it creeping in, just kick it out. Pretend it's a soccer ball. Get it out of there. Um, And it's a kind of a nice way to visualize those negative thoughts leaving you. Yeah. And I will say too, like with meditation, I do think that there's like a vigilance that you have to have with it. It's mm-hmm. kind of an intense word, but I feel like it's not the kind of thing that you're just going to, I mean, I don't think anyway that it's just like, Oh, I'm going to go bliss out and you know, yeah. on my breath. Like there's some work there, you know? And I think mm-hmm. if you approach it like that, like, okay, I'm doing this work. Like I would work out in a gym. I'm doing this work for my mind, for my brain, because by the way, that's so important, mm-hmm. then it's going to, it is going to have, you'll, you'll find more benefits that way. Right. If you sit down and you're just like, I'm going to try to just, you know, yeah, chill out. Yeah. Hopefully it goes well. Like yeah. it's, you know, you actually have to make a, a very intentional effort. I will say too. I, I mean, I um, was raised by two therapist parents and I have an identical twin sister. So oh I gosh. have a lot of like relationship <laughs> history <laughs> and, um, and I am in therapy right now with a wonderful therapist, but I, uh, I do feel like meditation is like therapy. I mean, yeah. like when you're describing what you're talking about, I mean, it's a little bit like self therapy and so you have to be, you know, you, that is why it's good to have a good teacher too. So mm-hmm. you kind of don't get too lost in there. Right. But, um, but I, it can be helpful in that same way. I mean, I, I love what you were just talking about. With yeah. Your therapy. I mean, it totally makes sense. Well, and that's the thing. I only go to therapy once a week. So yeah. I'm like, well, what can I do the six other days? Yes. Oh, I can journal. I can meditate. I can listen to podcasts. And that has actually helped me because before I was using the therapy, I was like, oh, checking the box. Like I'm working on myself. But I was like, what am I doing the rest of the week? I'm not <laughs> And journaling is great. I mean, by yeah. the way, like if you're, that's actually a really, I think such a good point too. Like if you're a newer or new person to meditation, when you start your meditation practice, go buy yourself a cute little journal and Mm -hmm. get a great pen that you love and put it down and sit for your five minutes. And when the timer goes off, write down what you learned from it and Mm -hmm. and then put it in a secret place where nobody can find it, you know, but, and, and write for one minute, you don't have to write for a long time, but, but actually having again, like some level of like, yeah, like physical thoughts being written out. Yeah. I feel like almost in a way meditation is like mindful journaling and like vice versa. Yeah. And then journaling is putting those thoughts to paper. Absolutely. And so it's like both of them coming together. It does hold you a little accountable, like you said. I think so. Or you can even check back and be like, wow, six months ago I was in yes. such this crazy mindset. And now six months later, I'm in such a happy place. And that's actually what's helped me too, is just seeing that progress. I love that. The other thing is if you, if you, you know, do have something like you choose to say, you're going to do a loving kindness meditation or a gratitude practice or something like that. You know, maybe you start with your intention at the beginning of your practice being something about gratitude, thinking Mm -hmm. in like right when you get up in the morning, like what new thing am I grateful for today? And then just trying to hold that in your heart while you're focusing on your breath or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Then when you do your journaling, you can say like, I'm aware that these are good things in my life. And, And that is again, a way to, when you're going through something that's really hard, which Everyone has something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the other thing is being, you know, a, a yoga and meditation teacher for all these years. Like I look around in the room of people that are in class and I am so aware that everybody is going through something and mm-hmm. no, you know, everybody has a story. Right. And 
No, but you're not alone. You know, I think that's the other thing. I think a lot of times people, especially because it's so easy now to disconnect from people yep. and just sit at your computer at home, you know, or whatever, yeah. that it's, you can feel very alone. And right. I think if, if you know you're not alone, it can be really helpful. So I, I, yeah, I just think, sorry, I got lost on that thought. But <laughs> no, but that's, that's kind of what you're going back to the group meditation well, that's of helpful. Chicago yeah. is... Oh wow! All these people do it because I had this problem with my therapist too. I was like, I feel like these are champagne problems, and like, <laughs> why do I? Why am I? Like, why do I have to go to therapy? Like, can't I just figure this out on my own? And and then I told you I started talking to people, and like all my friends, were like I go to therapy yeah. too. And you're like, wait, oh, it's, there's not this like stigma behind it where I feel like people think meditation is for like we were talking about earlier, like right. crystals and candles, <laughs> and you have to be very like woo woo. Yeah, woo woo is my favorite word. Yeah, but no, it's we don't have any woo woo in no. Chicago. I, I will say one thing about that too. I mean, one of the other intentions that Laura had, um, with chill Chicago is that it is like a very community oriented space. Mm -hmm. So we have like, if you're a member of chill Chicago, we have a little area that you can come in and you can come before class and you can sit down and there's like this waterfall thing that sounds really pretty nice. and there's little loungers that you can rest in and, and people hang out. I mean, it's really nice. Like sometimes people will take class and then we have a couch in the front and they'll just come sit and hang out for a while. Oh, that's it, feels, nice. it, it does. It feels good. Like in along the lines of like not feeling alone, it that definitely we want to provide that for people. And we have uh, massage too. Awesome. Chair massage. So it's like, no, you know, okay. you don't have to get undressed. You don't have to go into a private room. You don't have Got to, it. it's like totally on, on not no hassle. Right. Massage, yeah. And is that something that you can do with a class or do you book that on top of it? Like, how you, does that work? You could do, like, come in. We have a lot of people who will come in and take a meditation class and then do a half-hour chair massage afterwards. Got it. Yeah, and then you've had an hour of, you know, maybe you, maybe you did it at your lunch break and you have an hour where you get to go back to work and you're like... Okay. Yeah. I did something for my mind and my physical body feels more relaxed too. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about how you have morning and like afternoon and evening classes. Yeah. Is it all 30 minute increments or you said they're 60 or they're longer than 60 well, the, minutes? The yoga meditation classes are an hour long and the meditation classes are a half hour. Got it. Yeah. So some, some of the classes are just, I mean, we, and the meditation classes we have are breath, insight and rest. And the rest classes, um, Part of it is seated, but then we have these big rest cushions that are like the most comfortable things in yeah. the world, and um, they're supine, and those are the, like the last class of the day. And then how do memberships work? Can you get like a 10 class pack or is it monthly memberships or Both. how does it work? Yeah, you okay. can buy class packages. You can buy a single drop-in class. And then we have monthly memberships where if you buy a monthly membership, you can come to any class at any time. Got and it. I think you, you also get a discount on the massage. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And yeah. can all that be found online? All of it can be found online. Awesome. com. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Find out everything. I'm like I said, I'm going tomorrow. I think the class is yoga and meditate. So, yes. and I feel like sometimes when I go to yoga class, that's part of it anyway. They're like, yeah, well, meditation and yoga are hand in hand. They are. But is your class, is that class tomorrow? Like you said, is that like the 30 minutes meditating, 20 minutes yoga, or is it? It's 30 minutes yoga and then 20 minutes okay, meditation. Got it. And the thing is like in a, you know, I teach yoga classes all the time, but if I ever teach meditation at the end of a yoga class, at the most, it's like two minutes of sitting, you know, it's not yeah. 20 minutes. So it's a much more formal focused. focused. Meditation. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Got it. I'm yeah. excited for that because yeah. I haven't done that yet. So I'm like, I feel like that's what I need is like a block of time where it's just me and my thoughts. 
and getting the yoga practice too. Yeah, it's it's both. I mean, and it's a shorter yoga class. It's only a half hour, so it's not like a full. You know, right. it's not it's not like a big sweaty hot yoga. Yeah, class ninety minute no. room yoga. Or... No, no. <laughs> um, but it's like yeah, just a half hour. Awesome. Yeah. Well, where can people find Chill? I think you said it earlier, but just to reiterate, chillchicago.com. And on Instagram, we are at, I just want to make sure I say this totally <laughs> Yeah, correct. no problem. Chill Out Chicago. Chill Out Chicago. And then what's the address again? 222 Kinsey. Awesome. And I'll do West sure. Kinsey, but yeah. Yeah, and I'll link all this too in the show notes so people can come find you guys. And I'm so excited to come tomorrow. Yes. Thank you so much for You'll coming. You'll have to let me know how it goes. Yes, I will. I'm so excited. Thank you for this. Thank you. Thank you.